uh, the grid is really, really critical. And if you don't have that, uh, it doesn't matter how smart you are and how, how, uh, how good your emotional intelligence is. If you don't have strong grit, it gets really difficult to, to survive uh, in, in the sense of having that energy that you need to last. It is impossible to anticipate where the two monsters which suddenly appeared in the atomic area will attack next. If your power goes out, remain calm. Let's go. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 20, Little Milestone Force, episode 20 of the First Sip Podcast. Today, we have our biggest guest yet. Today, our guest is Marco Schnabel. Marco is the co-founder and CEO of Automotive Mastermind, which is a multi-million dollar company. We are super excited to have Marco here as a guest as he's going to talk about his journey, what makes him tick, and what the life is like for an individual that holds such a position that he holds the responsibility, what he thinks about day to day, and we're just going to get into it like we usually do. So with that being said, Marco, thanks so much for coming on, sir. Hello, gentlemen. Great to be here. Thanks for having me. This is quite an honor. Uh, I hope I uh, live up to the expectations. This was a big announcement, big intro. <laughs> we're trying to get, we're trying to get better at it every yeah, time. It's a long time coming. I'm excited. Yes, we, we actually, Marco, we have um, hyped you up on a couple episodes coming on. Um, so you do have to live up to the hype. You do have. Uh, we can't let the people down. We set a decent bar for you. We cannot let the people down. Don't don't make me nervous, guys. <laughs> <laughs> we we will. Well, Marco, as discussed, we do start every episode with what are you sipping on. So, what is the beverage of choice today, sir? What you sipping on? Here we go. What am I sipping on? So I'm drinking Spindrift. Um, it's a sparkling water with real squeezed fruit. Um, that tastes quite delicious. It's great. That's what I'm sipping on. No alcohol. It's too early in the day. It is. We, we need that. We're going to have to tag Spindrift in the post. Yes. And we'll get a sponsorship. We're, we can find <laughs> this. Um, but we got to have Marco say it. No one has reached out. Because the way he said it, say I, Spindrift I want to leave right myself. now. Yeah. I'll, I'll come back. <laughs> yeah. I'll come back. You guys keep going. I want to go get two bottles. And yes. Good. Um, so, Deke, anything special sipping on today? We have uh, just some regular good old coffee here today. The cool. days have been getting longer um, since we left the office. It's like people say, you know, if you want to leave to be an entrepreneur, your days don't really get much shorter. They get much, much, much longer. Uh, well, that's and we got we got more work going on tonight. So Marco can probably uh, give me a lot of tips. Yeah, what know, a, for what a segue. Life. Touching on the so, entrepreneurial lifestyle. Yeah, Marco, we'll we'll then just get right started into that's a great segue with the campaign. How did automotive come to fruition? Well, first off, the, I, I have to disagree with you. I always felt that the uh, days did not get longer, but much shorter. I felt uh, with the work that we had to do when we started mm-hmm. the company and still uh, building it, there's never enough hours in the day and the night to uh, end the weekends. That's, to that's a great way to look at it, too, because I do find myself now going to sleep later and waking up earlier and it's just like, oh, man. The time is just going, going, going. Yeah, when you're when you're passionate, uh, mm-hmm. that's when t- that's when time flies. And yeah. uh, when you're not passionate, that's when the days feel uh, feel like they're endless. Exactly. So uh, that, that's yeah. that's maybe you know maybe a good start when you think about <clears throat> starting any business. It has to come down to uh, you know first off, I guess a problem or an idea, a problem you want to solve or an idea you have. But if you're not passionate about 
that idea or that problem that you want to solve, it's going to be very hard for you to stay motivated. And it's going to be very hard for you to find people that are going to be motivated to help you because ultimately your passion as a founder or your passion as an entrepreneur is what uh, gets everybody else excited and creates that belief in, in, uh, in the larger idea. And, uh, and that's what you really need. And you need a long term. It's like a battery that you constantly need to recharge mm-hmm. and need to have available for, for many, many years to come. And, you know, I've been asked, um, and my, my co-founder as well, we've been asked often, hey, when do you want to exit? What are you guys looking for in an exit? And we had never really thought about, uh, first of all, we didn't really understand the terminology of an exit because we mm, okay. started the business. In, in maybe the traditional entrepreneurial way where mm-hmm. people say, hey, I want to be an entrepreneur because I've seen so many other ones. Um, so therefore, we didn't didn't really think about an, an exit strategy. It was just like, hey, there's a problem and we want to solve it. And, and uh, the problem we saw was that in the automotive industry, although cars are very sophisticated, the way cars are being bought and sold was and still it is not all that sophisticated now it's hard work it takes a lot of hours in a day to compile the information that is relevant for a customer and Mm -hmm. then uh, you know you have to make outreach as a sales consultant or a sales manager or a salesperson and um, doing you know mastermind the idea was there that we, we would simplify that process and provide you know deep analytics by uh applying you know predictive technologies, machine learning technologies to an industry that at the time didn't leverage any of these new technologies. And, and that, idea was, yeah, that idea was uh, then brought to market in 2013. So, okay. So automotive has been in business then for eight years. Yeah, we have, we've started with the idea right around 13 and um, our first revenue came in uh, at the end of uh, 2013. Okay. And could you tell us again, what were you doing at that time? Right before you went full, full swing into automotive mastermind? Yeah, sure. My, my uh, uh, co-founder and I, we were um, working at an at a automotive dealership, at a Mercedes-Benz dealership in Manhattan. And, you know, prior to, uh, to mastermind, we were um, selling cars. You know, I was a sales manager at the time, um, working with a team of sales consultants and by doing the work every day manually and trying to figure out which customer to go after, which customer to call, which customer to, to extend an, an offer to, we, uh, we just learned that that's, that's a very, very archaic way of doing, of doing business. It's hard for the sales rep. It's hard for the customer because mm-hmm. they have to wait. They have to spend time and wait. And oftentimes the information is incorrect. Um, but we were in the business and, and, you know, I've been asked in the past by, um, people that, that want to be an entrepreneur, want to go and become more entrepreneurial. Where do I start, you know, with my career, if I'm still in college, if I'm still going to school, oftentimes it's great to have a job for three or four years and really try to master it because it will, it will provide you with all the things that are going well in that industry, and it will also give you a line of sight on what's not going well. So you'll quickly learn, you know, where are the areas that I could address perhaps through technology or through uh, different um, uh, business solutions. 
so always looking for that, you know, maximal, maximum addressable problem or total addressable problem as your future addressable market. That is, uh, I love that because one, your point where you made about, you know, working in a job for a few years and being able to, you know, learn some of these skills that you can transfer into what you're really passionate about or then being able to identify a problem, you know, in the industry you're currently working in. Uh, me just currently leaving, well, recently leaving banking. You know, you sit there, I've worked in the banking industry, what, six, seven years now. And through that time, you sit there, for me, it was through talking to people in the real estate industry where I started seeing, okay, where are the issues that they have? How can I, if I wanted to switch over to this, how can I do this job with better? You know, not saying that all oh, everybody's doing is completely wrong, but you really just have time. Just like if you're in college, you know, going through a major, you have time to really formulate, I guess, formulate your ideas about how you can help this situation or how you can just further what it is that you're studying or working in. You know, and that that for me is why I was able to make that transition after a few years and say, okay, I feel really secure with this. And it sounds, you know, like from what you're saying there, your experience working in the field day by day, seeing, you know, some of the weaknesses of the industry, um, you know, at the dealership you're working in and saying, I can, I can find a solution for this. And also not looking at it from just a money driven side. You know, you, you said you didn't go into this with the, with the idea of now I'm looking to, you know, hit half a billion dollars and now we're going to make an exit. No, you said, okay, I see a problem here. I'm going to find a solution. And then whatever comes from that comes from it. Oh yeah. He, <clears throat> so Marco, what, what was the, the initial, cause you've built an empire, right? I, I mean, we, we couldn't really do it justice. I mean, you're playing it down, but we couldn't really do it justice. You, you are across the globe to my understanding. Um, and correct me if I'm wrong <clears throat> at multiple dealerships internationally, but what was the initial process like? So you're an entrepreneur who did it, you did it and you did it right. What were the struggles that you faced coming on and what were the tribulations or, or certain speed bumps that you had to go over? Yeah, I mean, they, they exist today. They, they never stop. And I think that's where you really need to reflect on your own qualities when you want to start something or be part of something that, uh, that doesn't exist before or didn't, sorry, didn't exist before. And um, I always say this, there's, there's really um, three, you know, you can, you can find many different frameworks and to describe this, but I, I always like to describe it that there's three different attributes an entrepreneur needs. That's IQ, EQ, and, and GQ. And, you know, the IQ is the intelligence, the idea, um, you know, finding that problem or finding someone that has a problem that you can solve, right? It doesn't have to come from your own industry and your own background. Mm -hmm. the, uh, the EQ is the, uh, the emotional intelligence just to get people, if it's your own people that you want to win to join you on this journey, um, or if it's customers, future customers or vendors that you, you got to work with in the beginning, right? Because if you have no money or very little seed, seed funding, you want to bring people to the table that can support you. Um, and that's really critical to have that emotional intelligence and how to convince others to, to, uh, to jump jump uh, on on this on this ride with you and then the GQ is not the way you look uh, not not <laughs> at all but it's the, it's the I was really hoping it was I, I really yeah I know the, you would have you would have been a, a top top-notch entrepreneur <laughs> <laughs> you know it's the grit it's the grit you gotta bring it's it's the ability mm -hmm. to uh, you know not just enjoy the highs and 
and write those, but also put your head down, you know, fill out paperwork for a tax filing or get on the phone with an unhappy customer or deal with early hiring flaws or problems. It's just, you know, doing some of the really hard things. And mm -hmm. if you're, you know, and then there, there's, there's thousands of, of stories that we can tell at Mastermind that we had to show grit. And uh, I would argue we, sh we still show that today. If that's, um, you know, a, a pandemic hitting your business, if that's uh, competitors trying to push into the market, if it's your customers raising the bar and wanting you to, to do better, um, or if it's, you know, problems in, in, in your culture that you want to nip in the butt, uh, the grit is really, really critical. And if you don't have that, uh, it doesn't matter how smart you are and how, how, uh, how good your emotional intelligence is. If you don't have strong grit, it gets really difficult to, to survive uh, in, in the sense of having that energy that you need to last. And, and we were lucky, we were two founders, so we could always bounce the, the highs and the lows off each other. And, you know, that's something I look back on and I'm, I'm grateful for to have someone to, uh, to have strength in areas where I didn't have the strength and, and, you know, vice versa, where we just helped each other get through some of these, these highs and lows. And, you know, initially we got, we got attacked by competitors. We had very little funding and they tried to take it out of business. We couldn't hire fast enough. We had made some bad hires. Um, you know, we had customers call us up, uh, at night and we were in, one end of the country and they said, if you're not here tomorrow morning, you know, we're going to cancel your services and you jump on a flight or you drive cross country wow. in a car. You know, it's these things you just gotta, you gotta deal with. And every single time you have that feeling in your gut that says, Oh my God, is this the end? Is this the end? And it's very stressful, mm -hmm. but, um, you know, it's, we, I think this is a, the United States. I'm originally from Germany is a, is a great country when it comes to, you know, being entrepreneurial, um, supporting success and also failure. I, I felt that people never really uh, blamed us or would have blamed us if we would have failed. Um, but people really pushed us and says, go for it. Or, hey, this, this is not the end of the world. Keep going. Like that culture I find is unique <clears throat> to the United States. And, uh, and I've, I've valued that and I've harnessed that often when um, – when when you when you have that feeling about giving up so um you know i think that's you know if you look at other countries in in other startups in other countries the us is still an amazing place to start a business for many 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 reasons one of them being the culture of this country mm -hmm. where it encourages people to try something right to venture out and to to start their own enterprise and is it perfect? Of course not, right? Does it have many issues? And it seems right now it has more issues than it ever had, of course, but it's still much better than than what I've experienced and seen and do see in, in other parts of the world. Yeah, that's a great point. I mean, just thinking about how, you know, my, my dad went back down to Guyana. That's where my family's originally from. And he went back down there in October. And just some of the things that we talk about as far as getting business going, you know, or getting people to even wrap their minds around certain ideas. It's, it's, if it's not known, then it's very hard to, to convince people. If it's not something that they see money already, you know, going through, 
very hard. And like you're saying, you know, just having the the ability to start anything here or just the amount of opportunities that you have here, it's it's unique. It's very unique. Yeah, he's got my red, white, and blue blood pumping right now. Ready to go. I, I, <laughs> I, 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 I feel like I was like, flag yeah, flying here we my go. Head. I'm, I'm all think, jacked up. I just saw a bald eagle just fly past the window. <laughs> That's right, home. Marco, outside the Kenbase window right now, bald eagle just landed. Just on, landed. <laughs> on the railing. As you were going right. never seen one in Philadelphia, but here it is. So, so you actually touched on two things, and, and I have two follow-up questions based off of some of the things you just touched on. And the first thing me and Dikembe both wanted to ask, and we've asked a lot of our other guests who have come on who are also business owners, none at the magnitude you are, um, what was the pandemic like for you and, and for the company, and how did you guys overcome? Because to my understanding, AJ has relayed to us multiple times that you guys are thriving. So... Clearly, you made it through, and you're still on the way up on the self-proclaimed rocket ship that I know you guys coined. How did that happen? How did you guys overcome the big bear that is the pandemic? Yeah, good question. So it, when it started, I thought a lot about what had happened when I was selling cars in, uh, in, the, in the financial crisis in 2008, 9, and 10. And, uh, you know, the, mo- the motto back then was... Um, business is great. You know, we don't, we don't read the news. Uh, we don't watch the news. We don't read the papers. That was, uh, my old manager always, uh, always said that. And, um, you know, I, I, it did, it did remind me a little bit of that time. Clearly, um, the situation in the U S and also across the globe is, has been, and is still devastating because people have died of the disease. And, uh, that's very, very sad and has put you know, pressure on so many families and individuals mm-hmm. um, and, and given so much grief. But, you know, you still have responsibility um, for your own business. And I always feel, you know, I, I like to be in control of my own destiny. And, and I felt that we were still in control of our own destiny. So we brought the team together on a Daily basis, we started to have a call every morning, a stand-up, and, and we laid out a recession-proof plan. We said, look, we're also not going to participate in this, and we'll work through this and come up with ideas. And we just brainstormed every day, and you know, we tried um, a list of different things, and we're very, very agile and, and nimble in the way we, we tackled the pandemic. Um, we didn't, you know, we didn't have to lay uh masses of our people off we didn't have to furlough people we made some small adjustments in a very very uh, thoughtful way to help um even a handful of people that we parted ways with but um mm-hmm. you know i would say the impact on our team was absolutely minimal um and and we didn't have to cut pay and and um and furlough anyone um through this but it was being resilient. It was having that grit. It was being smart and just thinking about how we can support the market. So I give you an example, our, our field team. So we're US, our, our company has a global footprint, not from a customer perspective, but from a support perspective. So we have people in outside of the US in Canada, Poland and India. Um, and we do want to expand, but currently all of our revenue comes from the United States. And um, when we have our, when we sell our product, which is a sales and marketing technology to dealerships, to automotive dealerships in the States, we have a field team 
that's doing remarkable work in supporting those dealerships. But when dealerships close due to, the, to a lockdown, there's not a lot you can support those dealerships with. So mm-hmm. rather than letting that, t- that part of the team um, sit at home or furlough them during the pandemic, we said, okay, there are other parts of the states that are still open. So let's take our colleagues and transform what they do typically on the road and provide a virtual call center. And that call center was making outbound phone calls on behalf of our customers to their customers. So they were ultimately setting up appointments and help them sell cars. That's not our core offering. That's not even our offering. You know, that is not part of our offering to begin with, but we thought it would be a good way to help those dealers that are still paying us to help them through the crisis and take the burden off, you know, us in, in losing any of our business. So we had more customers sign on with us through the crisis and we retained higher amounts of our customers than we ever did before because we helped everyone. And the team was very motivated. They were very supportive and worked extremely hard, something I'm super proud of. I think everybody has grown through the, through the crisis. And, uh, you know, we're, we're, we're going to grow 35% this year. So it's, it's, a, it's a great outcome for, for all of us. There you go, 35%. That is pandemic. When you talk about adding value to your clients. That, so, Marco, that, just, just to reiterate, your idea was simply, okay, we're not shut down, but they're shut down. So let's just add a free service of using our driven sales professionals to aid our clients and sell for them. Is that correct? So you made a pivot, yeah. yeah, exactly. And we did we did many other things, but in a you know that was one example. We uh, you know we changed part of our marketing to help um, you know our customers uh, with their customers in, in in servicing them through the lockdown, explaining how they're being uh, taking these precautions. Uh, and how they can still do business with that dealership. Mm-hmm. We created a full guide on on day one on how to lock down your dealership, what you need to look out for. You know, there were there's certain steps you got to take. So if you close your dealership and there's contracts that still need to go out to the bank to start a lease that somebody signed, right? You want to think of that. You want to think about other things you might have mm-hmm. to do before closing that front door and sitting at home for a month or two or three. So, um, you know, something, again, I'm I'm very proud of. The team did extremely well. Our partners, our customers, the dealerships that we do business with have been phenomenal in, in rewarding us with their loyalty and, and uh, you know, have, have spread the word of our, of our support and help. And, and that's, you know, really what we pride ourselves with is just building partnership. And when you start a business, you know, it's not about taking advantage and, and, and just trying to win at all costs. It's, you got to think long term and, Think about building lasting relationships. That's that's really what it comes down to in life, and that's what it comes down to in business. Mm-hmm. Well, it's like, it's like we're talking. I think you gave a perfect example of just the more you give, or the more you find ways to give and add value to to your clients, to your people, it'll come back around. You know, eventually, some way, somehow. Clearly, thirty five percent return. Yeah, <clears throat> unbelievable. Yeah. And then I, I had said earlier, just because you were talking about you had made some bad hires, Marco. Um, and, and actually one of the books that, that we touched on, it's called No Rules, Rules, mm-hmm. which is all around, it was a content right from a much prior episode, which is all around the philosophy of how Netflix hires. I'm actually halfway through that one now. It's very interesting. Phenomenal. Very interesting. And if you haven't read it, sir, I, I highly recommend. Um, it's called No Rules, Rules. It's about Netflix culture and how they hire. My question for you, as, as we talked about earlier, 
we do have a pretty young professional base that listens to this podcast. Do you have any recommendations or, or tips for what automotive or what you think the industry is looking for out of a young professional in today's society as they're trying to get hired? So what would catch Marco's eye, if you will? Yeah, so first off, I, I read the book and I was actually, you, you took my, uh, you took my window. <laughs> off my that, was, uh, that was one of, uh, of your questions. So I was excited to share that book with you. Um, but it seems like you guys got that covered. Of course you do. It's an amazing, amazing team, amazing company that thinks outside the box. Uh, so good, good for you guys. Um, I mean, look, um, to me, we bring on interns, we bring on young graduates, we bring on seasoned professionals. I think there's something mastermind and I can learn from anyone that joins, that joins us. Uh, what's really important is, you know, if you, if, if, if somebody sits across from me, uh, that's applying for any role at my business or another business, I would be looking for, you know, what's, what's that person like? I mean, <laughs> that's such a, such a broad answer. <laughs> is, that, is that person first off qualified or does the person have the, uh, you know, the, the, the tools, the intelligence to learn if they're not fully qualified, like not anybody, not everybody needs to be a 10 out of 10 in terms of skill set for the job, if they can learn it, right? If they're eager, if they're hungry, mm -hmm. but you gotta show up, you know, you gotta be there and make a good impression. Be like, first off, be not on time, be there before, before your interview long before. So you don't come there sweating and out of breath and, you know, tell me the subway was, was delayed. Always make sure you're on time. I mean, it's so critical. It's just showing respect for the, the other person that you're going to be speaking to. Make sure you dress, you know, appropriately, like put on a nice outfit, you know, and if you can't afford one, um, try to find the best one in your closet. Make sure it's washed. Make sure you're, 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 you're groomed well. You know, you want to make a really good impression. It's, it's these small things that, depending on the on the person can sometimes go a long way and by the way i share this with our team in the field all the time i said we want to make sure before we walk into a client that we are well dressed right we if we smoke we chew gum and wait until we don't smell like cigarette anymore mm -hmm. our ties are, are closed professionally we we um you know our clothes is washed, our shoes are shine. Because all these things matter for some more than others, but they do matter. So when you show up for an interview, be on time, be early, be prepared, have a printout of your resume. I always find that's uh, that's good if somebody says, by the way, here's my application again. I want to share that with you. Have questions prepared. I find it mind-boggling if people don't have questions for me. Do your research on the company. So by the way, uh, Marco, I looked, I looked at that video when you talked about or when your company talked about X, Y, and Z. Can you talk to me about that a little bit more? I'm really curious what you meant by that. Like be curious, ask some good questions that you have prepared and, and be passionate about why you want to join. Say, look, this is my first job or this is my second job or my third job or my 10th job. And, and here's why I'm excited. You know, I'm, I want to give this my best. I want to give this my try, uh, my, my try this with my hardest. Uh, uh, work or, or come in here and, and, and convince you that, that you make a great choice. I want to make you proud, Mr. and Mrs. So-and-so. Like being convinced that this is the right 
hire that you may, that that this person should hire you showing that you're passionate being prepared do your homework and then you know once you get the job like before, so sorry before you leave you know again thanking them for the interview do a follow-up email always surprised when people don't send me an email and say hey thanks for meeting with me really excited to join the business it just shows me like a lack of interest you know if you don't have my email call my assistant or google it figure it out it's not that difficult <laughs> uh, you know, you, you can you can get in touch. Anybody can get in touch with me. So be creative. Mm-hmm. If you forgot to ask me for my email, but follow up and show the passion again in that email. And it's hard for some people, right? I mean, if you if you hire um, more often than not, if you hire a software developer, that's maybe a little harder for them to show being show that passion in an in interview in person. Um, it's maybe easier for a sales consultant. But nonetheless, you gotta you gotta try to make an impact and uh, and show that you want to join that business. Um, yeah, and then once you start uh, again, show up. You know, start interacting with the uh, the other people in the company. Um, you know, be on time, be respectful, be interesting. Share a little bit about yourself, what your background is, and what you're excited and passionate about. Build relationships in the company quickly. Be humble, like being humble is super important. Um, um, yeah, so I mean, these these are the things I look for and I don't always uh, make the right decision, but I think our culture is very strong and we have, you know, close to 400 people globally now. And uh, it's something I'm probably the most proud of is the people that are here and, and how close we're knit and, and how helpful we are when it comes to not just professional things, but also personal things, you know, somebody needs something, somebody has a fundraiser, we're all jumping in. Uh, that's what you want, right? And that's where, why you gotta be very careful when you bring new talent into the mix. Mm-hmm. I love that. And, you know, the way you talked about showing your passion, you know, delivering when you're actually in the interview, you're not just showing up and going through the motions that most people try to go through. You know, you prep for the questions, you know how to answer it. Okay, you know, say thank you, bye. You send a follow up. But like you said, I think a lot of what lacks sometimes is the passion behind it. Why are you there for the job? Are you looking at it? Why are you there for the opportunity? Are you looking at it just as another job that you can apply at anywhere else? And sometimes, you know, when I was in the banking world, you would meet people who come in, you know, for interviews and you could hear it from the first five minutes of them just sitting there, even waiting for the interview that, oh, this is just another application on, on a long list for you. Um, like I said, the way, maybe the way that people show up, the way they present themselves right off the bat, you can tell that I don't think you're taking this as seriously as something you truly are passionate about, right? Because then you see people who come into the world, come to the industry and they knock out the park, right? Maybe they don't have everything that checks off the resume checklist, you know, or the, all the qualifications that the job is looking for, but something, something in them really stands out. You know, you can tell, like, I'm a big believer. I talk about all the time. Like I, I, I go off of people's energy, you know, and not only that, but you also, you know, you do go through their, their qualifications, but I tend to lean more to the energy side and that is there something there that you can mold with them? You know, is there some way that you can grow with this person long-term? Because if they show up with that energy and that passion, then that's going to be somebody who you can really just rock out with for years and years to come. You know, Albert, it's like when we, when we first start playing football together, you're all there for, you know, you all have passion for, you all have a different reason for being there, but that passion at the end of the day is why we're able to accomplish our one goal mm-hmm. as a team <clears throat> common goal yeah sure, sure. yeah um i mean and- look look you never want to 
just have a job to have a job. Think mm -hmm. about the time of your life you're going to spend there. It's, I mean, it's, it's dev devastating for me to think about that somebody would just go there. Like, it doesn't matter what you do, you got to enjoy it, right? And if, even if you don't enjoy the job, enjoy the people that are around, right? And make that a meaningful environment or be part of a meaningful environment where mm -hmm. you have great colleagues. And yeah, you might have a repetitive job, but at least, you know, the work environment and the people and the company is something you can identify with and you enjoy being part of. Mm -hmm. But ideally, it's both, right? And, and ideally, it's also something you're really good at. So you're going to continue to excel at it. Um, but I would just challenge, you know, a lot of us to not just settle for a job. Now, sometimes you have to, right? I've done intern, I've been working since I was 14 years old. And I've had, um, you know, jobs that were really hard and, and unpleasant, but I've always given it my best. I always wanted to walk away from it with a lot of pride and look back and, and enjoy my paycheck when I get it because I, I really delivered and, and, and I can be proud of what I did. Um, but, you know, try to find something that maybe not every day, but more days than not makes you happy. So, then, uh, yeah, that's awesome. And then, I mean, this is actually, this was a theme of one of our, our past episodes and, it, and it'll be a, a final question with the essence of time. What is your why, Marco? What, what is the reason behind what you're doing and, and what's the end goal? Yeah, that's a great question. I, I do think about that a lot. I'm, uh, you know, as you get older and I'm, I'm not that old, right? I'm 30, <laughs> but, uh, you know, you, once you start having kids, you start thinking about them. Um, you know, once you get married, you think about your partner. Um, the why for me, I, I really enjoy bringing people together and creating something and, and being part of that energy that, initiates that and keeps it alive. Like I get a lot out of it, right? And I don't know if that's a humble statement or not, but like I just like the idea of creating something and, and growing it and, you know, being free in the way all of that happens. Yes, we've been acquired, right? And, and there's changes with that, but I still feel Mastermind is its own, its own organism. You know, we can still make mostly all decisions independently from our parent company. So the energy I give in, I feel I get a lot more out, right? It's, 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 it's gratifying to see people having success in something we're creating every day. It's gratifying to see our clients and, and partners uh, give us great feedback and be proud of us. It's, it's gratifying to overcome challenges like a crisis and, and walk away and you know, there were moments where you wanted to give up, but you pushed through and you look back and you have grown with that crisis. So it's a lot, it's, it's an energy equation for me that if, if the end result, if it's a day or a year, I get more energy out of it than I put in, then I feel it's something I want to continue doing. And, and I think the end goal is just keep growing that energy for myself, keep passing it on to to others within mastermind or people like yourself, right? If, if I hope that some of this is interesting and is helpful to you or your listeners. And, uh, you know, just like people have helped us and helped me 
my entire life. I want to give some of that energy that I'm getting back uh, and pass it on to others and and try to motivate them, try to inspire inspire them. Again, just like people have done for me that didn't have any benefit from it other than that's what they felt was the right thing to do in that moment, you know, encouraging two German immigrants to start a business and encouraging them to keep going when things got, got tough. So again, it's, you know, I don't know if the terminology energy equation makes sense, but it's growing energy. And, and with that comes great satisfaction. If you're lucky, you know, income comes with that, right? Um, but uh, it's really fulfilling when you have people that are at mastermind one year, two year, three years, one day, and they, they look you in the eye and say, hey, this is a great company and I'm, I'm glad to be here. I mean, I, I can tell you the energy is transpiring through to us I mean, di- directly. So um, hopefully that's you know gratifying for you to, alone. Just listening to you now has been motivating and, and you, you've definitely touched on some super compelling points. So we do appreciate that. And then to wrap up the episode, as we discussed, we always do a content rec of the week. And sorry if I stole your thunder with no rules, <laughs> rules but is there anything else that you have that you <coughs> recommend from a content standpoint to the listeners? Yeah, you did. You did steal my thunder there. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm so yeah. excited to, to, yeah, to call another audible. Here we go. I'm to, sorry. Uh, to tell you how how ex- how excited I was about uh, about No Rules Rules. Um, yeah, so that that is actually a, a great book. Um, I'm not a big reader. Uh, I can't tell you why. I I get more out of um, listening to people, listening to podcasts. So this is a little plug for you guys. Uh, hopefully with with your podcast, but. Um, on, on more leisure reading, I, I read the, uh, girl with a dragon tattoo. My wife recommended it. Mm, and, uh, I, I actually, uh, I actually did enjoy that a lot. Um, let's see what, what did I watch recently? Yesterday I started with the Ooh, first episode, go. with the first episode of the Sopranos. Uh, I've never seen them. I've, you know, people, of course I live, uh, I lived in New York city for a long time, but People always talked about. I've never watched them, so I watched the first uh, first episode of The Sopranos, and uh, I'm gonna watch another one tonight. Um, yeah, and I, as, I mean, as someone who's watching, you're gonna love it. You are going to love it, love it, love it. So great, thanks, it's, Steve. It's so funny that he just brought it up. I actually made a deal with someone this weekend, Marco. I like shook their hands. That you have to watch it. I, I've been pushing on someone Ooh. to watch a certain show that I love on Netflix, and. And they've been pushing on me, and so is the Kembe and other people to watch The Sopranos. So you just put the nail in the coffin. I, I know I have to start Here it. Here we so. go. Here we go. Yeah. So I'll, I'll, I don't know if I'm going to make it through, but uh, <laughs> I was also the person that said I wouldn't watch uh, Game of Thrones, and I watched that all the way through in, in like half of the pandemic with my <laughs> wife. So we binge, binge watched that a lot. But other than that, you know, I, um, I do enjoy. Uh, you know, watching reviews on cars. I, uh, I enjoy business podcasts and, and leadership podcasts. Um, so I think, you know, just being curious, uh, like I, I said earlier, I don't know if you, if you guys heard it, but, uh, you can learn something from anyone and, uh, and, and being that mindful when you meet people, regardless where you meet them, just being kind and listen to them, you'll learn something that's going to be eye-opening that might be more helpful than the best business book or best uh, life uh, advice book. Mm-hmm. How about you, Dee? 
before we, we cut off the time. Well, I do have a, uh, a book recommendation. Um, it's And I mean, it's right in line with everything that he's been talking about, about, well, the name of the book is Lynchpin um, by Seth Godin. And, you know, it talks about, I've been talking to AJ about this one the past week when I've been reading it, but it basically talks about ways to make yourself indispensable with with your, your talents that you already have, you know, and just improving on those talents. Uh, in this, you know, episode, we talked a lot about how sometimes we go into a job or in certain roles that force us to lose that passion, or we just f- forget why we're, why we're there and you just start going through the motions. And in the book, they describe it as being a cog in the machine, right? It's like, you don't want to be the cog in the machine because at that point, then you're, anybody can, can come in and do that job, you know, and some jobs say it, you know, it's always not the best managers, but they'll be like, we can replace you tomorrow. And after a while, you realize like, wow, they really could. Mm-hmm. But when you think about like, okay, as I'm in this role, even if it's a, a quote unquote cog based job, you know, or something that's so easy that anybody else can do, you can still find ways of being in that role and making yourself indispensable, you know, becoming a lynchpin. Think about when you go to the restaurant and we've, we've been there and we've had a waitress that was outstanding. Sure. Right. Waiters who come up and it's just like, that person loves their job. Yes. Or they just they love talking to people. They're memorable, right? Mm-hmm. Something about them just really stands out. That's like, they made this experience at this job here so much better than it would have been if it was somebody else. And that is really what the book tries to, to hone in on. It's just find whatever that is, right? Wherever you can find a way of just showing yourself, showing your energy in your current role. And then eventually it'll lead you to greater, greater things, right? Whether that be your next business venture, your next job opportunity, you might meet somebody who recognizes that, or you might recognize it yourself and say, wow, this is going to be my next thing, or this is, I want this person, you know, for my, for my company, because I love what they're doing here. So, so what was it called again? Lynchpin by uh, Seth Godin. Lynchpin by Seth Godin. And, and actually my, I'm going to piggyback on my, my recommendation from last week, where I talked about Alan Watts. I'm going to talk about Alan Watts again. Mm. I love listening to this guy. So Mm. Marco, like you, sir, I am not a great reader. For some reason, I stare at a page and I will go down it up and down multiple times. And then I won't remember what I read at all. It is very (laughs) difficult for me. I like to listen. So there's actually an individual called Alan Watts. I'm sure he's written multiple publications, Mm -hmm. but the most recent video that I listened to was about your ego. So just, you're just YouTube Alan Watts ego. It's like a 15 minute video. And it just talks about how to overcome your ego and how irrelevant it truly is once you let it go. So um, that would be mine. And then Marco, thank you so much, sir, for your time and for coming on. Is there anything else you'd like to leave us with? This was great. This is great. No, keep hustling, guys. I, I love what you're doing. And, uh, you know, if you ever need any help or or have any ideas to share, I, uh, I'm always all ears. But um, honored to be part of this really means a lot. Hope I uh, was able to cha- uh, share some some exciting uh, ideas and uh, yeah, look forward to follow your success. No, you this is yeah, you were phenomenal. Um, and again, we truly appreciate it. And, and as always, we appreciate all of the listeners and everyone for tuning in. We hope you enjoyed what we did today. And as always, enjoy the first day.